Right. Welcome back, everybody, to the 215 Seamer Podcast. I'm Dylan Campbell here with my co-hosts, Matt Kerwin and Michael Pulp. And yesterday, the regular season ended. Tomorrow, the wild card begins. We are all somewhere in between. Take it away, guys. So, you know, we ended the season 90 wins. That's exactly what I wanted, a 90-win team at the very least. Uh, I don't know about everyone else. I, I mean, honestly, I was calculating all the wins that we kind of bungled, either because of blown saves or miscues and misappropriation of the bullpen by Rob at some point <laughs> during <laughs> the year. And truth be told, truth be told, I'd say there was about six to eight wins that we should have had back. And to me, in my eyes, six to eight wins, possibly even 10 wins, that puts us at 98 to 100 wins, which is pretty close to where the Braves were. Um, I think that, you know, this team can compete and beat the Braves yet again. I think that before we jump a little bit ahead of ourselves, we got the unlikely matchup of the Miami Marlins in South Philadelphia, who's a team that has been not has been, you know, on and off, you know, for years, they were the team that we could never beat last year. We beat them plenty of times this year. We kind of had a mixed bag of results, but you know, it's definitely not the matchup we would have wanted in the wild card. Um, not that any game in the playoffs is going to be a walk in the park, but it's definitely not the matchup we would have wanted. But I don't think that I don't think that that should worry this team at all. What do you think, Michael? Um, personally, uh, I think as long as we win this first game, we are heading back to the World Series. We just have to win the first with just game. that with with that just one game. That game. One game, that is it, and then we are guaranteed to make it back to the World Series. I, I think I think you're correct about winning the first game. I think we win the wild card and we make it to the next round for sure. Because well, because well, you have to. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. But like all I'm saying is that winning, like I think that you know, the Marlins have had our number. Like in the season series against the Marlins, we've had 13 games with them. We're seven we're and six. Uh, seven and, well they're seven six and, and six. seven yeah we're six and seven they're seven and yeah. six against yeah. us <laughs> turn that around a little I, bit. <laughs> I will i will argue that a couple of the games against the marlins we had the lead and we blew it late in the game so you know we one one could say eight and six but i'll you know it, it is what it is um and you know at this point i'm just you know I, I'm i'm waiting for that spark there was a point in the playoffs last year i'm sure all of you remember during the wild card where the phillies were down bad and they won the wild card in two games but that first game when they mm -hmm. came around in the ninth eighth and ninth inning and it won was it, the, the start of everything yeah that was the start that was the spark that just kept it going the confidence was high braves were down bad and we took advantage of them we took it went to the padres who weren't going to be bothering us and you know we kept going and even in houston that world series winnable world series i know houston was a really great team last year but i really do think that we had their number we should have won that world series man there are we should have there are plenty of opportunities 
There, there really should have. And I, I think that, you know, was Marsh, Marsh striking out instead of bumping the ball or would he fly out or something? I mean, Castellanos not being at his full self, you and know, Castellanos is God right now. So, okay. All right. Well, it's you not going to go that Honestly, far. he might be the MVP of this team. Huh? That's not, uh, not- I don't know about that. I think that uh, the MVP of this team could easily be any one of the one the youngins. You know, it could be no. Bo, could be Stop, could be Marsh at times. Um, I don't know about that. I mean, Turner. I kind of. I mean, like, listen, Castellanos had a great first half, but he has been spurts of himself from the first half in the second half. Right now, I'm hoping that the consistency rolls around. And he he starts coming back for sure. I think that it's going to be interesting to see where uh, where all of this goes. I think that you know we have a great one-two punch with Wheeler and Nola. I think I'm ready for October Nola to roll around because mm-hmm. uh, I remember October Nola last year, and I was hyped for that. Um, best start re- came in the wild card. Best start came in the wild card. Last two start, literally his last start of the season and the wild card yeah. was the clinch game. And then the wild card, he did great. And, you know, I'm hoping for a little, you know, Wheeler, Nola, one, two punch magic. I think that, you know, with Perez and Alcantara out and them having to resort to Lazardo and Braxton, not that like you really are resorting to it throwing a lefty pin yeah they're pretty good especially (laughs) since luzardo has like a two era with it is two and oh with a two era against the phillies this season they got him off of the twins 18 strikeouts and like athletics luzardo's from the athletics because they traded jj bladay uh to the a's for him former top prospect isn't he from the area he is bladay is a pennsylvania lad so, um, but no, so Lazardo has really come into himself after returning to his home state of Florida, where he's from, and he's literally become an absolute South Paul God at this point for the Marlins this season. Um, I think that if we win the game against Lazardo, I think that Braxton is very hittable because Braxton's ERA against the Phillies is two games pitched one, one and no with a 5.6 something ERA around there. So he's definitely hittable. He's definitely, you can get to him. Um, And I really think that, you know, if you win game one, game two is going to be a much more hittable game. I'm not saying it's going to be easier, but it's going to be more hittable. And I think that that's something that the Phillies are going to need to really um, combat. The other thing I'm a little concerned about is the Marlins manager. Um, Skip, scumbag. Well, yeah. let's hold on a minute. Let's get more <laughs> into the pitching quickly because I, I think wow. what is, what is interesting here are a couple things. I think what's scary about the Marlins is that they seem very comfortable in one run games, where we're not. We're twenty nine and twenty four. They are thirty three and thirteen in one run games. That is how they win. And when you have a negative fifty six run differential in the season, you have to be completely reliant on your pitching. What scares me, and maybe the only thing that scares me about the Marlins, is that if we get down late in the game and we have those studs of those four lefties in the bullpen, it could get dicey. And it's really maybe partially recency bias, and not only because of the offense, but because of the bullpen, who has shaped up nicely so far, but they will need to be 
on their stuff will need to be on their P's and Q's because I think it's very real that these games are close, that they're not blowouts. If they're blowouts and our offense gets going, that's awesome. My other thought is we got that spark in the first game in the ninth inning of last year's wild card, right? And that started it all. That was the catalyst. Do we have to have that same kind of magic feeling, that loving feeling to roll the way we will this year in the playoffs? Or can we win and maybe it's not quite as dominant throughout the whole stretch? Do we need to be just totally dominant or can we get through the playoffs okay? Eagles, I mean, as the Eagles just do, a win is a win. doesn't matter how you win the game. You just need, you know, the dub. Uh, But – for me, I feel like we need to be the ones that – we need to score the first run of the game. Mm. I mean, that's just going to put the Marlins. They're just going to be shitting their pants at that point, just seeing the fans being nuts. I mean, I'm going to be nuts at the game, but we need the first run of the game, and it's going to be a Nick Cassianos homer. I mean, that would be great. I, 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 don't, I, I do agree with – I do agree with Mike on this one that the crowd is going to be is going to be playing an effect that Miami has never been used to. I don't think Miami's ever going to have has ever played well, in front they of don't a have crowd. people at their games. I mean, well, they, they do people, but this year. They they've do. got more, but generally they haven't. Right. And the thing is, I will say that like Miami, you know, is not going to be used to. A Philly crowd. Let's yeah. put it to put it to you that way. I don't think anyone's used to a Philly crowd. I truly think that Philadelphia and Citizens Bank Park is one of the last true home field advantages in sports. Genuinely, genuinely, I, I like I, I do think that you know in the age of mental toughness and mental fortitude, in you know science and mental health with athletes and athletics in general, I think that. Philadelphia is the last place anyone ever wants to play at this point because of how great that crowd was. Like you saw what it did to the Braves. You saw what it did to the Padres and you saw what it can do to the Houston Astros. It affected them. Even though we lost, it did affect them a little bit. And we got a couple, we, we, we scored a good win home win in that game three of the world series last year, but that's last year was last year. This year is this year. I think that this team, it, it doesn't necessarily have the underdog mentality that it had last year. I don't think it does because it doesn't need to. This team is much better than like it's that. ever been. It doesn't need to be. You have Bryce Harper. You have Trey Turner. You have Nick Castellanos. You have Kyle Schwarber. Alec Bohm. You have Bryson Stott. This is an all-star cast that you have. You have six people in this lineup that hit 20 home runs or more. Yes. Equivalent to the six players that Atlanta also had that hit 20 home runs or and more. And it's sixth in like every major category, you know, for the season in offense. I mean, it's at least top 10. I think we we're probably looking at the same stats today. It's a juggernaut of a team. It's, it's, it's a top, arguably a top five offensive lineup. It's arguably top two if they're pumping on all cylinders, if not number one. Now, the pitching is another story. Arguably, I would say that our pitching is better than most rotations out there. Having two, arguably two aces uh, as frontline starters on the top we've, of your we've line. We've never called Nolan an ace this year. We've called him. Maybe not an ace this year. Okay, He's not an ace this year. 
But the thing is, Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, Ranger Suarez, that's a trifecta right there. That puts fear in people's hearts. That's something that can go up against Strider and whoever his supporting cast is. It's something that will go up against Clayton Kershaw and all the other Dodger random youngins that are coming up. And it's obviously going to be something that can go up against Woodruff Burns and Peralta. You know, like these are the other teams that we're going to be have to face going forward. And or even Gallon and Merrill Kelly. You know, but it's Gallon and Merrill Kelly. But uh, the thing is, this rotation is going to be the key to winning these games. Offense is going to come. I don't think that we're going to be any short of offense. I think that I'm hoping that Trey Turner has the World Baseball Classic times two this postseason. I mean, we've known that he comes up in these big-ass situations. He's always going to be coming through. Same with Casty, same with everyone. Like, like the thing is, last year we had a scrappy slap hitter known as Gene Segura. That man came up clutch when you did need it. He got the hit. He put the bat on the ball when you needed him to do. He would reach for shit in the dirt, and he would get it, and he would poke it into right above the second baseman's head for a hit to score a run. You know what I mean? Or just to get on base. And, like, he would start rallies, like – We have those players right now. We have the young daycare players that are actually making efforts. Now, I'm not sure exactly how everything's going to play out with the lineup and the roster because, you know, as we were talking before the podcast, it's not set until noon tomorrow. That's plenty of time to make some changes. Um, Uh, Yeah, go ahead. I got to say, this is I'm just going to talk about the Marlins real quick. The yeah. two people that scare me the most are Solaire and Bell. Yeah. I mean, they both yeah. have tons of experience against us. And we've seen what Solaire can do in the postseason with the Braves. What he did against the Astros in, what, 2019? Mm-hmm. Yep. He's just familiar. 2021. 2021. Yeah, whatever. It don't matter. It's in season. And then we got a rise who's coming off a left sprain. was a left ankle sprain. Yeah, but he ended the year hitting 356. It's not that good, you know, whatever. <laughs> okay, but, like, all right. The real question is, I mean, another... you have the NL batting champion. He's not that actually, good. actually, you have the back to back year batting champion in two different leagues. So, maybe, I mean, maybe he's uh, he's okay, you know, he's, no he's arguably the best second baseman in the league. But since we're talking about that, is he healthy enough to play second base? See, now that's if a great not, question. If not, you got to put Solaire in the outfield, and then what? That puts De La Cruz or uh, I don't know who else is on that team. Joey Wendell, like who are they going to throw it at second base then? Jazz Chisholm could move in from to, from center field back to second base. Not that good. Yeah, I but I don't I mind mean... him at center. He has no experience out in center and center field with this crowd. It's we saw what happened to Michael Harris last year. He couldn't judge a ball for shit. <laughs> so honestly, arise. I hope you're I hope you're healthy enough to play second base then. But I you know, I mean I agree with you, Mike. I think that Arise, Solaire, and Josh Bell are the three threats that you need to be worried about in that Marlins lineup. They're not a lot of power, but what power they do have, what hitting ability they do have, that's that's where it's at. 
And honestly, I'm more concerned about our lefty hitters getting a crack at these lefty pitchers. Like truth be told, the strategy there there's going to be one of two strategies going into these next two games. It's either get the pitch count up for the starters to get to the bullpen faster, or it's going to be like weighted out. Like that, that's where it is. But how do they wait it out? I mean, they have one lefty after another lefty after another lefty. Yeah. But the thing is, I I doubt that like these lefties are going to be able all, they're going to use all their lefties every time because, you know, theoretically, like, I mean, they could. I mean, the thing is, it doesn't make sense, but they could. It doesn't make sense to because, like, you have the only lefties in our lineup that are really you got to worry about we have real three consistent lefties that you're gonna have to worry about and that's just stott harper and schwarber everyone else is a righty in that lineup cassianos real muto uh bohm turner put patch in left they'll probably put patch Pache and rojas are all righties so like truth be told we have a righty heavy lineup to go against them that will compete and you know pache and um Rojas, well, Rojas especially, but Pache's been getting in bats this last week. They've just been sticking him out there, and he's been getting the bats. And you know he can hit a lefty. Like, truth be told, like, he's going to probably be batting eighth for the Phillies in the in the wild card, quite possibly. I Like, we might see Brandon Marsh pinch hit here That's and there, depending on the reliever. That's what concerned me if they're rolling out lefties, though, is unless I guess Sosa is pinch hitting one of our best pinch hit options would be Marsh. And then you're running into an obstacle. Maybe you can't pinch hit them if they have, you know what I mean? One of their lefties coming out of the pen. That was the thought, but it does. I mean, we do have to your point, a righty centric line. Yeah. I mean, we, we have something that we can put out there that's defensively and offensively effective. I agree, though. I think Pache will play because I think it's a priority not to have a shitty defense. I know. And, and like, I, I very much so believe that by the time we win this series and move on to Atlanta, Brandon Marsh is going to be getting a lot of those at bats during the Atlanta series. Truth be told. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, it, Marsh hits Atlanta pretty well. It, he's from Georgia. He he likes playing down there. He He hits them pretty well. And I'm um, I'm excited to see where it goes. I, I think we match up great against uh, both of these teams. You know what happens after that happens after that. But I firmly believe that we win this first game. Like Mike said, we're gonna win the wild card. And if we beat the Braves, we're winning we the whole do damn anything. thing. I, I agree. We beat the Braves, we can beat them. Yeah. All right. So I got a uh, my lineup prediction. I got mm. Schwarber. Turner, Harper, JT, Stott, Nick or Boehm. You can, you know, swip and swap one of them. doesn't matter. And then Marsh or Pache batting eighth. And then you got Rojas at nine. I think that's pretty good. I think that uh, – I think Schwarber's going to DH bat first. Turner's going to be second playing short. I think that it's going to be Boehm playing third, batting third. And I think Ooh. that it's going to be – Harper batting cleanup playing first. I do like doing the lefty righty lefty righty just for the top four. Yeah, and then after that, I think it's going to be Real Muto, Castellanos in six, seven is going to be. Um, actually, no, 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 no. I'll do Real Muto, Stott, Castellanos in seven, and then 
uh, eight Pache, nine Rojas is what I see it happening tomorrow. Um, just because I think I've been really liking Castellanos in the seven. He's been doing really well. I know we sent him down there kind of as like, you know, get used to it, kid. But like, no, but it's like a bomb in the eighth earlier on or at some point. I think it's better. It's it's been working. He's he's had more confidence. He he doesn't worry as much. It's less stress, and he's still hitting dingers. And you know, if Stott and Real Muto get get on base, that's just that's a two run, three run home run right there that we have in the bottom of the lineup. Do we think we're going to get playoff JT, which he who's clutch last he's year? He's trending. No, he's tra- he's been trending the last week towards playoff JT. He has been. But playoff JT batted two fifteen in the postseason last year. Yeah, but JT had the clutch hits and the glove. That's what that's what we that's what matters. Do we think we get away? Do we get the away JT or do we get postseason JT? Or I think I think that's a great question. I think that I don't think that the Phillies have truly had the real red October crowd all season yet. I don't think they had any games that truly just in where the crowd truly impacted some of the games that they had. And I think that this series is going to be that test. The thing that made last year so great with that crowd was because they were starved for it. And I'm just hoping that we have some freaking hungry dogs in that in so. those stands this year. I think I so. really do. I'm hoping for hungry dogs in the stands. I'm hoping for foul language, vile, everything that makes Philly Philly. Because honestly, that's the magic right there. It's sewage. I think people are gonna it's get literal up. vocal sewage. I mean, it's an eight o'clock game tomorrow night, so people are going to be drinking it after work when they're coming down. It's going to be ladies and ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. Parking lots open at three. Gates, gates open, open at five Get yourself in the ballpark. Get your hands on some tickets. It's going to be a wild freaking ride. That's all I got to say about that. Red October is back, baby. The rally towels are out. The patches are on the hats. It's going to be a crisp 80 take degrees October. tomorrow. Take October. <laughs> Nicktober. October. Nicktober? Nicktober. 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 So, what are your thoughts on the uh, JT situation? I, I like him. I don't like putting in, – in terms of just batting order, I don't know if I put – I like the way he's been trending in a presser situation. I like him a lot more in, like, sixth, and then uh, Castellanos comes up seven. In terms of his overall play, I don't know what we'll see. I think defensively it will be great. In terms of his hitting, you hope you hope he locks in even more. You hope he hits to his ability. I feel like all all year it's been, like, up and down and up and down. We know how talented of an offensive player he can be, but he hasn't really totally fulfilled that. But if he gets going and he has momentum, I think will be an insane piece for us. And guys, I got some fun facts. Bob Nightingale posted Ooh. this, um, which obviously you, you can't really trust a lot of what Nightingale says, but these are accurate. Um, this is this, These are accurate portrayals. 
the drastic interest in ticket prices during Major League Baseball's wildcard round is high. At the bottom of the barrel, the average ticket price for the Blue Jays twin series is $7 for the wildcard per ticket just to get a seat. Now, the next one up, $7 to get a seat. Diamondbacks versus Brewers, $22 minimum per ticket on average to get a seat. Next step up, Rangers, Rays, $33. Now, those three were all the lowest possible ticket price. Primetime Marlins, Phillies, however, game one is the most expensive wildcard game by 503% compared to the other ones. The get-in price for game one, Marlins versus Phillies, is on average $199. Now, key word there is get-in price. Do you know what a get-in price ticket is? That's standing room only. That's not even a seat. This is all off secondhand market, too. This is secondhand market, based off of secondhand market. Obviously, the face value is much higher, but think about that. Standing room only is $200 a ticket. Because this is must-see baseball for the city of Philadelphia. And we're only playing the Marlins. It's going to be insane. It's the event of the year. I mean, it's going to be insane. It's nutty, guys. And I, I just think that that's wild to see. Wow. It's just... It's you know this is going to be a really exciting series. I I I'm I'm really excited for the Phillies. I really am. I'm hoping to God that Wheeler and Nola show up because honestly, having Ranger start actually honestly you might not even have to have Ranger start Game One for the Braves series. Well, actually, no, no, you would, you would because it mm-hmm. starts this weekend. So in Atlanta, you're probably and I'm not going to lie to you guys, if I don't see. Game one and two in Atlanta, be Ranger Suarez and Christopher Sanchez. I'm gonna, I'm gonna flip a table. Christopher Sanchez needs a start. That's all I'm gonna say. That man deserves one prove it game. Bailey Falter got it. Christopher Sanchez sure as hell should get it. That's all I gotta say. If man, Bailey Falter, yeah, man, that Bailey Falter was even on the postseason roster. Guys, but... Bailey Falter gave up what was it, seven runs to the Padres in the NLCS, and he got a chance to start. If you don't give Christopher Sanchez, who by the way had pitched back to back games against Spencer Strider in the Brave against the Braves in September and struck out ten in both <laughs> games. Nasty changeups he was throwing. Nasty. If you don't give that man the ball on Sunday, because I think it's Saturday and Sunday is game one and Saturday two and in Monday. Atlanta. Saturday and Monday? Saturday and Monday. You got to give that man a start. And then save Wheeler and Nola for the home crowd. I think that's the smartest thing, because honestly, I love Ranger away. Ranger in the away situation always does well. Christopher Sanchez does well in pretty much both of them. Honestly, they they do well in any situation you put them in. But honestly, I feel super comfortable if you go Suarez Sanchez game one and two for the division series. If we can snag game one and two of this wild card. I almost want to say that Sanchez might have been the comeback play of the year because he's been dog shit for us for. I mean, he 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 just like he didn't couldn't he didn't figure it out. 
And, you know, finally, at the age of 26, in his 20, age 26 season, he finally gets the chance to just prove himself. Because I will say this, Sanchez suffered like Mickey Moniak did and like many of our minor league players did, where they were high, they were drafted, they were highly touted, or just like projected to get this opportunity either in the bullpen or in the starting rotation or in center field and didn't get that. And they were just got little spurts, little like little bits that they were allowed to show off. And they showed some spark, you know, some spark, some life, but they got rocked a bit or they struck out a lot. And it's because they didn't get consistent play. The reason Mickey Moniak did so well for the angels this season was because he was given that role to just play. And obviously the angels are in a much different state than the Phillies were last year. Cause the Phillies were in a win now mode. And I understand the trade. It makes sense. Logistically looking back on it, looking in the moment and looking back on hindsight, I'm not jealous of Mickey Moniak versus Brandon Marsh at this point. I'm really not, you know, truth be told, I'm not, I like Brandon Marsh for what he does. I think that in the end, we've, we've got like a stellar cast of defensive hitting outfielders that can all have the potential to hit 275 to 300 on a yearly basis with Pache, Rojas, Marsh, you know, Castellanos, you know, this it's great. I love it. And it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. I, I think that, you know, the bullpen is going to be the most interesting thing. Like, I don't know how it's going to form, especially now that Dylan Covey's on the IL for 15 days. I mean, is are we going to get postseason, Kimbrell? Are we going to get the, the early on? I mean, it's all about rest with him. As long as he's got a few days rest, he typically pitches better. And are we going to get postseason Alvarado and Dominguez? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think I think postseason Dominguez is coming back this year. We're not going to hope so. We're not going to see this like four or five year right guy that we have right now who's just throwing meatball sliders and fastballs right down the middle. No, we're not going to see that. We're going to see the Dominguez that we saw in the NLDS against the Braves. That is who we're going to see. Yeah, I mean it, it's going to be it's going to be important. I think that Alvarado and Dominguez are going to be key for holding any lead that we have going forward. It ha- they have to. It's a must. So at the end of the day, Culp, Dylan, how do you think this bullpen's going to shake out when it comes to the final roster spots? Who's making a Culp? Uh, I think you should go first because I'm thinking. Okay, well, I think there's the obvious contenders of uh, Kimbrell, Alvarado, Soto, Dominguez, Strom as kind of your uh, swingman, longman, Hoffman, who's been awesome and really fun. Mm-hmm. And then you get into the age Taking of off. you need a few people. So you're going to kind of get down to the wire. I think Kirkering's going to make it because he had a pretty successful audition. That's six. Are we going to carry... How many more do we have after that if we're carrying 13 pitchers? It, like, I mean, you're going to need to carry at least seven or eight. Like, and also depends, like, is Walker or Sanchez going Making into the roster? Like, well, no, I think they'll both make the roster. It's just who's going in the bullpen. Uh, I think you know Sanchez I mean? goes in because you haven't had Walker out of the pen once. And it is also, is Lorenzen making it? 
see, that's the other thing. Like, I think that Lorenzen and Walker and Sanchez got to all make it at some point. I think that I think that the bench is going to take more of the hit when it comes to narrowing down the roster because I think they got plenty of bats. Uh, most of their injuries have been on the pitching side, so I think reinforcing the bullpen and just what you have there is going to be huge. I think that running the four-man rotation is also going to be huge. I think that the rotation should be uh, like we said earlier, uh, Wheeler, Nola, Suarez, Sanchez. I think that's what it should be. I think that Walker, Walker, Lorenzen should be in the bullpen. If anything, I'd be fine with. I wouldn't be like pissed if they started Walker and piggybacked Sanchez or piggybacked Sanchez and Ranger. I, you, you paid Walker for that purpose of starting a game four. That being I said, know. I totally get starting Sanchez against the Braves. He's been dominant against them. I kind of feel better about it as well. But from their perspective, it, it might be weird. I don't know. That's a great point. I mean, I just like, you know, I know I know Walker's supposed to be that four or five guy, but like right now he's been more of a five. He gets Dude, he's not even up. a five. He's <laughs> six or seven, man. I mean he's tri- a spot starter. Come on. Yeah. I know, I know, I know. And it's just like at, at this point, I think that I think Walker gets a start in a seven game series. Mm. I, I think that in a five, in a three and a five game series that we have first, I think you got to go with the hot hand. Yeah, It just doesn't make sense not to, especially a guy who's seen the Braves as much as Sanchez has in recent weeks. Like just like to add it to it, you know, I don't know. I, and and I think that – so what do you think, Mike? What do you got for us? I think us? it's going to be Lorenzen in the bullpen, Walker, mm-hmm. Hoffman, Dominguez, Soto, Kimbrell, Strom, Jose, Kirkern. Yeah, and that's I a good set of nine. Is Lorenzen going to be what Syndergaard was last postseason? I think that's – I think that is that's, an accurate comparison. I think that's a really good comparison. Because, I mean, he came up clutch for us. I mean, we thought – I'm not going to lie. I didn't trust Syndergaard in any situations in the postseason. See, I was the opposite. I was the opposite. I trusted him for it. I was very much so about it. They're kind of similar-ish stuff-wise, too. I I can see them going to Lorenzen just because he is the experience out of the pen. pen. It scares the hell out of me because I think he doesn't really have great stuff. And then when he can't find the zone and there's people on, it just turns into a nightmare. Like we that saw when he came dog. in against the Braves, but if he can command his fucking pitches, then then it'll be fine. Then it'll be a fine swing there, but he just has to throw strikes. Yeah, I mean, I I think that that is a great set of uh, was it thirteen for the pitchers. I think that that'll be good, and then I think you got your pretty your pretty much your standard lineup right there, and I think your bench is going to be uh, likely Stubbs. Pache, um, who would be the other two? Sosa, Wilson. Sosa. Um, I don't think Cave then, makes the wild card. Roster I don't. I, I don't. I, I. I don't think Cave makes it either. I don't think that. Uh, I don't think that Wilson does either. No. Um, I think. I mean, Castro got sent down to AAA, so I think that was an automatic. He's not making it. He's gone. He, like he's not going to be making it at this point. Um, Honestly, he, that might be an insult to Dolce. He's whatever's worse than Dolce. He's rat shit. Guys, yeah. he's not. My God. 
Major he's League not. Baseball player. He's a switch hitter, and we needed him. And he's a good fielder. Mm, not for us. I think he got nervous with us. I mean, yeah, we went from the Pirates to the Phillies. I mean, you yeah. kind of get I, – I understand yeah. getting nervous. Um, but the thing is, no, I think he is the potential to be a really, really good utility guy. But having that last bench spot, I mean – I, I couldn't I, I couldn't tell you honestly. Who would it who, be? Like I, I'm I mean, I guess think. I guess it would be Cave at that point. I mean, I don't think it should be, but it'd it, be it, Cave or Wilson, right? It's gotta be Cave Wilson or the comeback player of the year. We get Cody Clemens. We get Cody Clemens up for that last spot. You just know what I mean? I mean, you could always just see them not keep it as a four man bench and then just give us an extra arm in the pen. Well, I think – well, no, I mean, you still have a four – you need – it's going to be a 26-man roster, so you have to have at least four people on the bench no, yeah, no matter so, what. Yeah, I got Stubbs, Wilson, Sosa, and Pache. And have an extra Wilson, – Wilson making Wilson making the postseason roster, I just don't see that happening. Just Dude, because I'm, of the lefties is the only – it's my only thought for the for the wild card. Not well, well Wilson, Wilson's a righty, so I'm not really concerned with that. It, it's it's more so it, – it's more so that I just don't think that he's ready. I don't think he, he – like, I mean, there's no experience, postseason experience without actually making it to the postseason and getting that chance. But I'm also like I don't think we used him enough to warrant actually keeping him up. Um, I mean – it's possible. I think that Cave has the experience because he he had all those years with the Twins, um, and and I also think he played for Cleveland too, didn't he? Um, so I don't really care about him. I know, but I, I don't think he should be making the bench. But I can see him being on the bench. Um, I don't know. I it, Clemens before him. Yeah, that last that last bench spot actually puzzles me now that I'm thinking about it. Oh yeah. Stubbs, Wilson, Sosa, Pache, extra arm in the pen. I agree. No, I, I agree that that's how it has to be. I just like, don't know if they'll actually do it because Wilson came up for like a yeah. couple games, He's went down for, for like a month and then came up for like this last series or so last week. I mean, I just don't see them actually doing it. Um, I don't know. But I could be wrong, and I'd be fine. I mean, truth be told, I'm not mad if Wilson makes the roster. Truth be told, I'm not. I think I'm 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 fine with it. I really am. Uh, I think he's a, I think he's a really quality at uh, batter. I think he has the power numbers to prove it at the AAA level and even at the major league level. I think he has that potential. So I, I think that the Wilson Wilson in the bench makes sense because he can also play infield and outfield. So. I I'm okay with that. I guess we'll uh, we'll see you tomorrow at noon. Yep, we'll see you tomorrow at noon. Talk yeah. to you all then. Enjoy the wild card series, everybody. Phillies in two. Phillies, Phillies in two. Phillies in two. See you guys.